0: The, sky
1: for rainbow, sun the singer-composer Gretchen Parlato is decidedly not a jazz shouter of the old school. Her quiet voice and original lyrics make listeners lean in a bit so they can catch every word. Her sources are both traditional and contemporary, and she surrounds herself with musicians who can take the music wherever she wants it to go. I'm David Gorin, and this is Jazz Stories from Jazz at Lincoln Center. On this edition, Gretchen Parlato talks about writing the music for her recent album, The Lost and Found. The interview is taken from an October 2011 listening party, hosted by Ken Drucker at Jazz at Lincoln
2: Center's Rose Hall. For this album, you wrote a lot more than you have for the previous albums
3: yeah that's definitely probably the biggest difference and maybe the biggest journey that i've taken from the the first album to to this one i don't think i had a clue that i would ever be able to write anything when i recorded the first cd but it was something that i I always say I, i just got in my own way for a long time and then when the lost and found even within a dream i was starting to write lyrics but then with the lost and found it was kind of time to reveal myself as a a composer, too. So, you know, it's nothing that was really planned. It's not like there's a certain set time to do that. It's just my path was kind of just as it has been and kind of meant to be that it didn't really happen until, you know, later on in my life. was one that, that I wrote a few years before the album. Some of the songs kind of came together right before. But this one, I don't know if maybe you're familiar with Icons Among Us, with this uh, it's series of uh, that's promoting um, jazz musicians, kind of exposing jazz musicians. So there was a feature where they came into a rehearsal that I had with Aaron Parks, pianist. And we were at his home and, and we were rehearsing this song. So in this video there's footage of the very beginning stages of the song circling so it's just one that you know the the music came first and then the lyrics kind of you know reveal themselves
2: You spoke about blockages or something in getting to songwriting. What are the nature, I'm not sure if you can say what the nature of those blockages are, but how did they come down? What what allowed you to start writing more?
3: Well, I can only speak for myself. I think maybe universally everybody has these blockages or things that get in our way of being creative. I know for me it was actually, and maybe this is universal. It's, We are the ones that get in our own way, you know, so I knew for me it was kind of being a perfectionist about what I did and thinking that, you know, I didn't really have much to offer or much to say or that when you study jazz, you come up, you know, learning these just perfect pieces of music, Mm -hmm. you know, like Ellington and Gershwin and you know, Cole Porter, and the list goes on it it's just these perfect pieces of music and perfect lyrics, and it's that's kind of the repertoire, so that was my standard and f- even for myself, I thought well, if it doesn't sound like that, then I don't want to even try <laughs> you know, and that was a thing I wouldn't even try. so it was really you know teachers like Terence Blanchard, um, even you know these living legends, I wouldn't say they were my teachers, but they were mentors of like getting to work a little bit with and speak with Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter and people like that that just get you motivated and inspired. And people like that helped me to realize that it was really just my own issue to kind of come away from. And, and really it's, um, it's also having good managers like this lady, Karen Kennedy. What she tries to get with artists is to you know, allow us to be our most vulnerable, you know, and and allow that to be something that is brave, you know, which is, I think it's the most brilliant kind of, um opposition of like thinking of somebody being vulnerable and that being brave to be vulnerable because it's easier to just put up some kind of, you know, shield and and block yourself and kind of close everything off, but just to, she has this thing of being thinking of like a zipper, you know, and just like unzipping and just revealing yourself completely so that people have a reaction to that. They they have a, a connection and it's really just finding the universal kind of connection with the themes I'm talking about, with being, Anything musical, anything artistic, we all have that in us. So getting out of my own way really was what I do. And then it, it's not like you just figure that out and then it's easy. It's still is like, oh, every single time <laughs> you know, we come across anything that might be some kind of fear, it's ourself getting in the way. So this doesn't even have anything to do with art. It could be anybody's fear of anything. you know. Did
2: uh, lyrics come to you easier than melodies?
3: Well, no, I would say, I don't know about easier. I think um, usually lyrics are the last thing that I write. That's just been my method, and that might change, or I might challenge myself to do it the other way, but in my own writing, it's usually hearing the melody and then adding lyrics later. But then I can think of, like, the first attempts at writing anything was lyrics. So it was writing, being asked to write lyrics to, like, a a pre-existing melody, like writing lyrics to Juju, to Wayne Shorter's song, or um, Kendrick Scott asked me to write lyrics to his song Journey. That was one of the first handful of songs that I tried. So that was something that did, in that sense, lyrics did come first. But I think now it's like I have little ideas everywhere, you know. (laughs) I have ideas, musical ideas, kind of in a little, on my computer, or recorded, or written out, and then lyric and pages and pages and books and books of lyric ideas and so it's kind of sometimes just piecing those ideas together to create something.
2: One person uh, also involved (coughs) in the album that you haven't mentioned is Robert Glasper, Mm co-producer. What did he bring or what were you looking for him to bring to this project?
3: When this album came closer, let's say like three months before the recording date, we had a lot of the material together, we had the band, there was definitely this idea that like, oh, we, we don't need a producer, we're cool. <laughs> like, we're a band and we can just go in there like we've always done in the past and just kind of play and you know work it out. And, and I think there was kind of talk maybe from, you know, label or just people of like, well, what about this idea of a producer, like another ear? And I thought just that. It's like, to me, a producer could be anybody. It could be someone who's really in a business sense kind of trained as a producer or another musician really, another ear that knows the music really well, that knows the musicians really well, knows me really well, <laughs> um, and knows how to challenge me and where to push me and also knows where my comfort zone is and knows what I'm already good at and they know how to feature that. And when I thought of, of that idea, it, Robert was just the first person that, that came to mind because we've been friends and, and musical, you know, um, we actually hadn't even played together that much. maybe three times in like our 10 years of knowing each other. But he's somebody that just knows my vision really well. He knows my voice really well. These musicians, these are like his best friends and there's a love and there's a respect and really just a good energy that Robert brings. You know, he's definitely can make you laugh and (laughs) knows how to be, you know, really serious and just, and knows, he knows good music. He knows how to make something feel good I just I figured that he would be a really good match and luckily he was interested and, and available and you know he had a, a lot to do with the whole vibe and the whole energy of, of everybody he brought the best out of everybody
2: there the first track is interesting it's uh holding back the years
3: yeah
2: uh, a pop song we all love
3: mm-hmm.
2: um was that his idea or your idea or
3: no it was his idea when we established that he could produce the album co-produce the album because I wanted to be a you know I wanted it to be a, a mutual kind of balanced thing, so it's we're both producers of it. I wanted him to arrange some songs, or we'd arrange them together because we had done that in the past with SWV, with Week, and with um, we'd written a song um, in a dream together. So I knew that I wanted him to be a part of that of the the musical arrangement too. So we got together and rehearsed, and we thought, well, what we, Week you Know doing a cover of, of a pop song was really fun, and I think you know, we're like, okay, that went well. Where what's our next song? What can we do? And he, this was completely his idea, and he was like, How about simply Red, holding back the years? And I was like, <laughs> 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 and I, I, my, I, ha, I have to admit, yeah, the first reaction was like, Hmm, because I, I, I like this song, and it's just such a classic and it has this nostalgia but it was never something that i was like that's my song you know and and it wasn't the same thing that i had when i thought of doing the you know the swv cover but um i thought well the first thing i thought of was to look up the lyrics and make sure that lyrically it was something that i could connect to i googled the lyrics and he started playing he's like i just thought of this this different arrangement so he started playing what you'll hear and it's just between hearing what he, his mood and then looking up the lyrics, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, and my whole, what he did with that harmony was really to transform that song and to take it to another place. What he's so brilliant at with his harmony of, of this is to make the song, you know, common and recognizable, but then just turn it into something that's completely new and, and unique and and in a, it just provides this like bed for me to come and like fall back on and then I could kind of just call it my own you know.
2: You mentioned "Juju," uh, the Wayne Shorter composition, and it is on the album. Um, just a practical question: when, when you write lyrics to somebody else's melody, I assume at least you'd want to or have to contact them about recording. That, <laughs> mm-hmm. how does that go when you contact Wayne Shorter about <laughs> recording lyrics to his composition? Oh
3: uh, well, I mean, this story was—it's—it's um, it's a little—it's unique because I was asked to write lyrics when I was for the song when I was in the thelonious monk Institute, and this was um it was actually Dana Stevens who's on the c d we were in the class together, and he suggested that we perform the song and Terence Blanchard was the um, was our artistic director, and he said, Well, okay Gretchen, why don't you write lyrics and so I always tell the story, and I just was like, okay, and I had never <laughs> attempted to do that and i had to kind of pretend like I knew how, and I just, I was like, oh yeah, no problem, that's fine. And I was terrified, and I was like, I don't know how to do that at all. But Wayne Shorter's, his melodies are so, um, you know, deceptively simple, where it was like, okay, it's this phrase and this phrase and this phrase. So it actually lent itself to writing lyrics. I wrote something very kind of, having a deadline helped and having somebody ask, not ask, but demand that I do it. (laughs) was good and then we performed it so we actually performed it for at at a at a Monk competition and Wayne was sitting in the audience so we performed it before I had thought of recording it so I'm not sure I, I maybe Karen could chime in I don't remember if we had if we got his permission or he just kind of gave the <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up you know but mm-hmm. yeah that's another you could that's another kind of music business question as far as getting you know mm-hmm. permission but I think he it was more of just a a personal one where he, I knew that he approved,
0: you know. Flying, but you haven't
1: left the Vocalist and songwriter Gretchen Parlato in conversation with Ken Drucker at a Jazz at Lincoln Center listening party. Jazz Stories is produced at Murray Street by myself, David Gorin, with Alexa Lim and Stephen Rath. Support comes from Jazz at Lincoln Center, Consider becoming a member and experiencing America's great jazz art at Rose Hall, our House of Swing. You'll find schedules and more at JALC.org.